0: Hi guys, welcome to episode 14 of season five here on the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. Today, we're talking about something that doesn't seem like it would be inherently important to your health, but it turns out it is so important. It is literally the fuel that our brain runs on. We are talking about joy. The co-author of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Life no, people, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People um, is joining me, Chris Corsi. And I loved this conversation. I have read through the book and yet he still enlightened me on some things I somehow missed or aren't there. And the book itself, it's just so encouraging and offers so much insight into this simple little thing that can be so elusive sometimes of joy. Chris Corsi is an ordained minister, a pastoral counsel, a published author, and an international speaker. He and his wife, Jen, lead and design, I'm sorry, led and design the Thrive Training Program that uses brain-based exercises to train leaders, families, and communities in the 19 relational skills and the Emmanuel lifestyle. Chris is passionate about helping people acquire the skills to make Relationships work. And today he is diving into the health aspects of joy and how our health is impacted when we don't have joy and how we don't only need joy, we also need rest, why we crave joy, the fact that there are actually periods of joy growth, like there are growth spurts in our lifespan, there are periods of extra growth. Her ability to grow joy at certain ages and so much more. It's a good episode. It really talked to me and reminded me of how I need more joy in my life. Well, Chris, I'm so glad that you could be here and chat about this really important topic with me today. Thank you for making the time to do that.
1: Hey, Michelle, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Well, this season, is all about the simple steps towards improving our health. And when I came across, I got a little sight of your book uh-huh. that you've written with your co-authors Marcus Warner. Yep. Um, I instantly knew this would fit so perfectly in this season. A lot of other things we're talking about are more like hands-on health-related, but yep. this is a different thing that I think is so important that I don't know if people often think about. Yeah. Um, I mean, right in the beginning in the introduction, you and Marcus talk about how a lot of people don't think it's necessary. Like joy is kind of the icing on the cake to, to most people, right? Right.
1: That's right. Joy is, you know, that's that's a message we try to just kind of shout from the rooftops in a sense that like your brain runs on the fuel of joy. And yeah, we do kind of tend to think about joy as Well, that's, that's, you know, the icing on the cake and yeah, you know, if I can have a little bit of joy, you know, but otherwise it just, we're like, no, like the brain runs on joy Mm. and joy does so many things for our life, for our health, for our relationship. So that's Mm. really why we wanted to write this book. We just, we're pretty passionate guys about joy and mental, emotional, spiritual health and physical health and just. Ah, we feel like this is a message that needs to get out there.
0: Absolutely. And, and okay. The subtitle is 15 minute brain science hacks to a more connected and satisfying life. What is that all about? You're promising a lot there. Tell me what that means. Yeah,
1: I know it is. It is. And and we kind of live in this world like a fast food world. and, And this is a little bit different than that. So the point with the 15 minute, Brain Science Hacks is really that a little bit of joy goes a long way. And so even, you know, finding families and people that even just can can dedicate, devote 15 minutes a day to actually doing something purposeful to train your brain, train your nervous system to grow some joy, a little bit goes a long way. And one of the reasons for this is because joy is contagious. And so when you start, you know, doing something that sparks some joy, what happens is next thing, you know, other people are smiling, you're smiling and you're noticing, wow, I'm really glad we did this. And so in mm-hmm. the book, there's exercises that uh, we created to really help people practically do something to build some joy. And I can remember years ago, my wife and I were practicing some of the variations of these exercises that's in the book. And um that we took a month and we just we did 10 15 minutes a day you know doing some joy exercises and that month Michelle was probably the best month in our marriage and wow. when we were doing this we are like why don't we do this all the time like they're so simple the exercises mm-hmm. are so practical mm-hmm. they're almost too easy you know and people just look at the exercises they're like really like there's only four steps and you know 10 15 minutes like just try it, you know, cause you can read about joy, talk about joy, think about joy, but ultimately you have to do something to practice joy, just like learning a musical instrument or learning a new yes. sport or a new language. We just, we need some practice. And so the yeah. the 15 minute exercises are just, it's a chance for people to interact experientially, practice some joy, connect And yeah, and just notice what happens. I always tell people the proof is in the pudding. Like, don't take my word for it. Like, try it, try it yourself. And then you decide whether or not anything changes, you know, and that that's really what happens with the exercises. They're almost too simple, um, but yet it surprises us how they do. They sneak up on us like, wow, that was there was something there. I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, we're just accessing just joy like how the brain just really processes joy and shares joy
0: yeah yeah and i think you have a whole chapter filled with these exercises right
1: yeah we do yeah. we have there's four habits and so each of the habit chapters have some practices to try to put into practice some of what we're talking about
0: yeah yeah i've shared here on a previous episode um goodness i don't even know if it was what season it was in but i i shared with my listeners how a long time ago when i was really struggling with negative attitude. I mean it's just I don't yeah. know if you would agree with me. I I could be wrong, but I feel like in some people it's kind of an inherent battle. Yeah. Maybe based on upbringing and you talk about that in the book. Um and there was a time period that I thought I was doing it for my daughters because I wanted to help them not be so much like mom, but in the end I learned so much and all that I did was for one week. I tried very cautiously, whenever I caught myself with a negative attitude, I would tell my daughters, I'd share it with them, and they had to do the same thing with me, that I was going to make this a 4-8 attitude. We memorized Philippians 4-8, and everything that we tried to take it captive, everything negative, and we tried to say, okay, well, what is good or lovely or pure or noble or right about this thing that I'm being so negative about, you know? And the reason I'm sharing this is because so many times as I was reading through your book, I thought, yes. Yes. I experienced that back that week when I really started to make my brain work and I started to exercise my brain like that. So yeah. there's a lot of good truth in in what you're saying. And I've experienced it myself.
1: You know, I mean, you you nailed it, you know, F- Philip, like this is this is a very like like scripture tells us to like think about, you know, reflect on the good stuff. And ultimately, like that is what we're accessing here. Just yeah. The brain, you know, was designed to run on this fuel, and and I love your example of even sharing it and inviting your daughters to join in. Like you're, that's awesome. Like that's really what what we hope people will do with the book. Like just practice yeah. exercise, just share it with other people.
0: And that's and, a great point. I mean, yeah. this could be part of a homeschool curriculum. I tried to do it as our our lessons that yeah. week in homeschool, and you could definitely do the same thing with your book for that's sure.
1: Yeah, I, I love mean it. And, and families, you know, are ideally, you know, families are meant to be the most joyful places where we can- <laughs> right <laughs> it doesn't always feel that way
0: no it doesn't and, and you yeah. know I find
1: we we have two sons 11 and 13 and you know we try and do this as a family we have to mix it up because sometimes they'll roll their eyes when I say okay, "Oh, of course let's do a little you know joy exercise yeah. Like, oh, dad wants to do <laughs> the exercise again so I, I have to mix yeah. it up a little bit at this stage but it, it's fun to even see the difference in them you know yes. when we do it um, you can, you know, moments we've lost our joy. We do something to kind of bring some joy back. It's fun to see the difference in the whole family. And, and, absolutely.
0: and it's- you know what, Chris, I pretty much can guarantee you that when those you said they're boys, right? Both boys yeah. are adults. I have four girls, so I wanted to make uh-huh. sure I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. When they're adults, at some point, they're going to call you out and tell you, dad, what about that joy exercise? You know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because right. my. To this day, once in a while, I get a little snide <clears throat> 4 8 attitude, mom. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good. Oh, yeah, they'll play that card. They'll play. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, okay, before we go too much further, I want to pause for a second. I want to make sure that the listeners have a real handle on why joy is essential to our health. And then I'd like to get more into some of your practical tips and insights. So, Um, In the book, you break down some very real examples of why joy is truly necessary for our health. You have, I think it's five different points you go into. Like, it gives us energy and hope. It helps us endure the hard stuff. And then you get into this point about a fear map. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. So one of the the points we make in the book, like your brain's going to run on one of two fuels, you know, it's either going to run on joy, which is the ideal fuel, or it's going to run on fear. And so when joy is not part of the equation, then fear takes over and fear is really about self-preservation. And so one of the things, you know, that joy does, like if you watch an infant, you know, experience glad to be together joy, where mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, somebody's face was lighting up to see them. They become energized. They will. Their face changes. They'll kick their feet, wave their arms. Like those little bodies are like are getting energized, basically like a light plugging in a light. And so, what happens is the brain is seeing a glad to be together response, and it's 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 taking that, making it bigger, and then it's it's like sending it out. So you receive it, you send it so joy grows it's amplified it's just it's fun you can see this right in other people with fear what happens is your brain craves joy like ideally we want joy and when we don't have joy then it hurts like pro- pain and problems become big and then it's ultimately self preservation takes over and it's like how do i avoid pain you know so it's pain avoidance and fear mapping is basically where your brain has been trained to look for all the fears and all the threats. And so I've caught this as a parent with my kids. You know, I want to pass on wisdom and I want to prepare them for life. But I, I if I do it out of fear, I am like helping them recognize all the threats in the environment rather than helping them be who God created them to be. Hmm. And there's a big difference. So I could scare them when I'm you know, recognizing and verbalizing all the threats. Like, here's what you need to know. Here's the things you need to avoid. Here's the things that can cause you pain. And there's wisdom to that. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, how do you, how do we be the people that we're designed to be where we're equipped to stay ourselves, even when things get hard, Mm -hmm. even when there's challenges and there's conflicts and there's just hard stuff that happens. Like, how do I stay my relational self? And so fear is you know, self-preservation, what do I need to be worried about here? What, you know, what's gonna hurt me? And they've done studies with with children who, whose brains are fear mapped. So if they're in a, a classroom, for example, in a learning environment, a fear map child will notice the bee in the window. And instead of listening to the teacher and taking in what the teacher is trying to teach the, the student, they will watch the bee and all their energy and their attention is mm-hmm. on the B, and so they're not getting any new information because their brain has identified a threat, or maybe there's a bully in in the group, and they they're keeping an eye on the bully. So fear, you know, diminishes our joy. Fear just it commands our re, our attention and our resources.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the good thing about joy is we we can learn what do I pay attention to here, and my brain's learning how do I stay me so i could still be aware of the threats but it doesn't control me I, my focus is on how do i stay myself while i navigate this terrain whatever that terrain is and and we we can feel that difference you know i can feel that moment when fear is is present and there's something i'm worried about and i'm trying to help my children learn something but i need to okay wait a minute i've i've tripped and stumbled onto some fear here you know what i need to get my peace back and my joy back I don't want to just scare my kids. I want to actually equip them to be the children that God created them to be. Relationally, yeah. you know, relational, joyful, peaceful. Yeah. That's, that's
0: you talk in the book about um a child hurting themselves and coming to the mom and how the mom, if she just slaps a band-aid on it, that's a problem too, right? Like she has to acknowledge the fear or the pain. Yeah. Um, but then you know, work towards fixing it, not becoming with letting the child becoming trapped in that, that feeling yeah. of fear. And I'm yeah. thinking the, the the kid watching the bee or worried about the bully or any of those things, all of that must be truly physically impacting their physical health, right?
1: It does. It does. The thing about fear is I was once having a conversation with the, with the brain surgeon of, of all people about some, about joy, Hmm. And we're talking about how your brain, it's a skill to learn how to feel upsetting emotions and get back to joy. So this is a skill that children will learn often after the second year of life, during and after the second year of life. And so this means that I can feel the fear, but I know how to get back to joy. I can feel some shame and I can get back to joy so I can bounce back. And this this brain surgeon said some something very interesting. He said, "You know, Chris, if we're stuck in an, in a negative emotion for six minutes or longer, we have cortisol streaming through our bloodstream yes. for twenty four hours. So you've got the stress hormone really? twenty four hours wow. go up in your blood and your saliva and so forth and so and and cortisol's good in small doses. You know, it's it's right. good in small doses, but it's not something you want leaking into your bloodstream for twenty four hours. And so cortisol." has a toxic effect on new brain growth so what that mm. means is you have had a wonderful joyful day great fun day lots of glad to be togetherness and right before bed something scary happens right and you get really upset you don't get back to joy six minutes in this, this upsetting emotion well what happens is cortisol is and cortisol will go and de- delete all that new joy growth that the child had that day it just wipes it out that's what cortisol does and it messes with our immune system all kinds of really unhelpful things so you're exactly right like when you look at how the how the brain runs and works like we are meant for joy we're meant to get back to joy when we lose our joy and and again joy is we're glad to be together and so it doesn't mean that you know bad things still happen hard stuff still happens but what it means yeah. is i'm not alone for someone's with me so i'm i'm you know i am not alone in the hard stuff and that is really a key to to helping us to be able to navigate the hardship well so joy is actually really good for your health in lots of ways it's good for your immune system it is good for your brain and you know it is good for your relationships. It's, it's good for lots of things, you know, But I
0: had no idea about the cortisol. That's crazy. Yeah. We've actually yeah, been that's... talking a good bit about cortisol here on the right. podcast too, because I'm in, I'm dealing with menopause and cortisol is a thing. That's a really big issue for someone in menopause because we have too much cortisol. So yeah. man, if I'm upset and anxious about life, and I'm in menopause stage, my cortisol is probably even worse. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. And, And so little things like appreciation, we call appreciation package joy. So appreciation is a skill when I remember joyful times, you know, so when you take, you know, a few minutes to remember times of joy, to share times of joy as a family, to reflect on times of joy from your week, from your day, from your month. So just you know just the act of being able to remember it feel it and share it what that does is that really helps your nervous system stay in your sweet spot so it helps mm. to you know there's good chemicals that flow with joy like endorphins and oxytocin when we share it and and so yeah so you could almost like see it as counteracting cortisol when you're when you're accessing and activating joy files and feeling it right? You remember it, you feel it, you share it. And if you can do that, you're going to feel the difference. You're going to feel Mm -hmm. that difference in your body and good things are happening even down to, uh, they looked at even how just simply remembering joy and reflecting on the good stuff changes enzymes in your body, which can prevent inflammatory disease. So, I mean, down to that level, which is really profound that that can even happen. So, things like little, a little bit of joy goes a long way in a very practical way
0: yes and you know what i am like one of those really weird people that actually sometimes reads the little footnotes to the chapters oh. Oh, yeah. and it was something that you had said in one of the chapters really i thought i need to read that footnote so i'm just gonna like read this because this yeah. blew my mind neurobiology tells us what we do with our minds can alter the molecules of our health Yes. I don't know what this is. Telomeres are part of our DNA strands, which decrease with age and stress. The best predictors of how these strands are optimized comes down to what we do with our mind.
1: Amazing! It's yeah. crazy.
0: It's
1: a, it, is, it is crazy. I mean, when you learn that, this is why we wanted to write this book, honestly. It's mm-hmm. like, we want to share it. Like, this is amazing. And Marcus and I are both pastors. So we kind of yeah. come at this, you know, from a pastoral you know, role. it's like, we want to just, we, we want to share this uh, with the world. We feel like it's
0: just, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not like you're saying that we have to do cardio for 45 minutes every day and it's, or we'd have to do something really difficult or alter everything we're eating. Just a matter of doing these simple exercises to work on making our brain have more joy and the way that it rewires our brain and makes the new connections. It's just mind boggling. So, I mean. It's not even like you're asking us to do something hard. <laughs> right, you know,
1: that's the good news because everybody yeah. probably lives very busy, full lives. And we mm-hmm. we respect, we understand that we do as well. And, and you know, like just drop in little practices where you're able to on your own with a spouse, yeah. with family, with friends, like just dropping this in. Um, I travel a lot. So I, you know, I make it a point, even in airports or on airplanes, I find myself, you know, interacting with people and and giving opportunities for some joy or, you know, mm-hmm. what's been good from your day? Because normally in airports, everybody's not feeling a whole lot of joy. It's stressful. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's not a joyful, peaceful environment. Yeah. And when you start practicing this on a regular basis, you start doing it without even really having to work at it or think about it too much. And so that's the goal. We want this to feel natural. So that people will practice these habits and these skills in their life and just spread it
0: i love it. it let's pause for a second guys and talk about possibly the most important thing in your kitchen do you think often about your salt you know salt really should be simple you shouldn't have to think about it honestly it should not contain artificial additives and it definitely should not contain unhealthy pollutants am i right so Take a minute this evening and look at where your salt comes from. I personally have only used Redmond salt for many years now, and I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from a mine in Utah that was formed by an ancient seabed. That's where it all comes from. I know the source. It has zero chance of any pollution. And you know what? That's pretty much how I like my salt. Thank you. I would prefer it without pollution. (laughs) So use code SWEETSALT over at solelyrested.com slash salt for 15% off. Whatever your heart desires over at Redmond, grab the 10 pound bag of salt. Heck, grab my favorite thing to order, the 25 pound bag of salt. It makes me so happy when that is delivered in the mail because guys, Salt never goes bad, and Redmond Real Salt never has pollutants, and it is loaded with more than 60 trace minerals. So go check it out, solelyrested.com slash salt, and I even link to my absolute favorite things to grab whenever I'm ordering from Redmond at that link, solelyrested.com slash salt, and use code SWEETSALT. And guys, extra bonus, great news. If you're ordering $30 or more, shipping's even free. So you're getting your 60 extra trace minerals and you're not even paying shipping for it. If you're ordering $30 or more, go check out solelyrested.com slash salt and use code sweet salt. Oh, there's one. one other point about health that you had mentioned in the book that it actually, when we practice joy, it actually helps us avoid addictions, yes. right?
1: Yes, that's right. And that's a big one. That's a real big one. So what addictions are, it's kind of pseudo-joy. So joy, high energy joy and low energy rest are, are two sides of the same coin. And so what helps us grow joy is when we can quiet together. And I and I often will tell like like parents, like when, when you have a newborn, in about two, three months is when the the equipment is forming in the brain to start really amplifying joy. And so what happens in infants really. Is- yeah, so two so or three
0: they, months old. Okay, yeah,
1: they start to see clearly, and what happens is they can now amplify joy because they can see clearly, and the right hemisphere to right hemisphere starts interacting. So what this looks like is mm-hmm. infants will um, start, you know, they will see a joyful face and respond. In fact, nine month, nine months uh, infants can can build joy eight, up to eight hours a day. That's like the best window in the lifespan is at nine months. So. So I always tell parents some of this stuff and I'll say when your infant looks away after building joy just pause and let her look back. Don't force it because she's quieting like so they can children only handle so much joy and they'll look away to break eye contact Mm. which stops the right hemisphere to right hemisphere um, interactions they'll look away And that's a chance to catch their breath. And when they're ready for more joy, they will look back. And so what addictions do is it hijacks a system where a nervous system needs high energy joy, low energy rest. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. It's a little dance, right? So addictions are going to compensate when I don't have the high energy joy, I need something else to pick me up. So people will gravitate towards something to give them a rush. Or if I don't have the low energy resting and quieting and calming, then I need something to bring me down artificially. So so what addictions do is it counterfeits this. I need a pick-me-up or I need something to bring me down. But what your wow. nervous system and your brain want, joy and rest. You want joyful connections. You want to be able to rest and quiet and remove one of those ingredients. And it's going to be a lopsided teeter-totter and it's not going to go well. So we need We kind of need both. And that's where addictions come in. Like, Hey, I need something to just pick me up. I need a rush. I need, you know, I'm feeling lonely. I need something to make me feel better. Oh, really what we need is connection and and joy and rest. But we don't always get that. And, And as children, we don't always get those ingredients. So we're, you know, we will, we will gravitate toward that sugar, that drink, that something, uh, to try to make us feel better. And in studies with mice, on um, they'll drink sugar water, right? They have the choice between sugar water and regular water. Mice will choose obviously the sugar water because they like it, but then they drink it to the point it starts to kill them and they can no longer taste the wa- sugar water anymore. You know what, they keep drinking it because of the remember, they remember how good it tasted. So they keep drinking the sugar water until it kills them. But they can't eat, even when they can't taste the sugar water anymore, they will keep drinking it because they remember how good it was, and that's a really powerful wow. picture of addictions. Like, Shoot, you're not I'm, kidding. No, I'm going after something that's going to make me feel better, and then I remember it, and now I'm hooked.
0: Yeah, it's doing it's nothing good. for me. It's only hurting me, but I'm still going to keep taking it in. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sobering, really. You start to
0: now. Lose. Did you say that it's nine months was our ideal time in yeah. our whole lifespan?
1: Yeah, nine to, months to build joy. In- best window where your brain wants to build lots and lots of joy. And now we have joy peak moments of growth. So it's like nine months, two and a half years, five years, seven years, nine years, 11, 13. So you have these peak growths, but nine months is the best, best window. So we always tell families and parents, like try to protect that ninth month and do everything you can to to build lots of joy with your little one. Because the joy's just gonna blossom during that window.
0: Wow, I've never heard that. So there's actually growth spurts of joy. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Where I'm the most receptive uh to, to growing joy and letting it change me the the deepest during these windows. And we normally know the 13, 15 um, so, you know, joy growth, because that's usually when we have our eye on somebody, there's, there's somebody we might have a crush on, or there's someone right. that's during a joy growth. When we start to, Oh, I, you know, I got a little crush on someone over here. Uh-huh. It's like your, your brain is going through a growth spurt for joy. And <laughs> yeah, so it's helpful to know there are windows where it's helpful to learn some of these relational skills. It's easier, it's better, There's other windows where you can learn language better, right? especially those are some of the earlier years you can actually Mm -hmm. learn languages faster and you can pick up sounds that you won't be able to do later in life. So like we have these windows in the brain where it's helpful to understand the ideal windows, but thankfully we also have brain plasticity, which means maybe I didn't have the joy that I needed or the rest that I needed or those skills that I needed growing up. The good news is I can still learn them later so even now you know I'm in my 40s thankfully I could still learn some of those skills that my family maybe they didn't have mm-hmm. so and so it's theres so there's tension so there's there's there are windows it helps to know there are ideal windows kind of like a farmer has an ideal window when to plant when to,
0: when yep. to plant, yeah plant
1: right um there's also thankfully your brain is able to learn new skills later in life
0: Yes, but and I that's know. what your book is all about. Honestly, that's I mean, you're teaching us how to do that. Yeah, um, and I love this idea. I'm glad that you mentioned that teens are also going through joy spurts because that I think <laughs> can help a parent dealing with the teen years sometimes to think, oh, yeah. I want to keep pushing the joy as much as I can. And you know, I always, I on the on the hard days dealing with teens, I would always tell myself to fall back on relationship more so than discipline. You know, and yeah. And, and right. I think that helps with the joy too. <laughs> yeah,
1: it does. You're spot on. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. And you know, there's so many changes happening in in the teenage brain, and and one of the byproducts of the hormones and, and all the changes in the teenage brain is it gets hard to quiet. So the teenage uh-huh. brain it 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 doesn't easily calm down and and coast to quiet like I used to. Maybe in you know in another time, another other years. so. It is helpful to just give lots of grace and to focus on the relationship. Like you're exactly
0: right. That's Mm. that's gold. So that also makes sense. Why that's the only time that they seem to want to talk was at midnight or later at night. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's it. Late night. I lost a lot of sleep, but that's that. The talking was more important. (laughs) You well, you you got it right. You got it right. So, can you give us an overview of the four habits that bring us this joy filled life? You have this nice description, you refer to it as Casa. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably not good
1: at that. it. It's, it's, it's um, casa, and you know, the it, Casa is, is Spanish for house. And so, when yeah. the book we use kind of the image of a house, you have a joy house or a fear house in your internal world. And so the four habits would be calming. The C in Casa is just calming. How to be able to quiet myself, quiet my mind and my body. The A is appreciating, and so how to find joy in everyday life. How to, you know, reflect on the times of joy, remember the joy, and then the S is storytelling. So here we're sharing our joy. We're we're you know sharing the joy with others and through stories, which is a very you know good practice to do. And then the A is just attacking toxic thoughts. So sometimes there's thoughts that rob our joy and being able to just notice when we start to, you know, lose our joy because our thought life is starting to slip. Maybe I'm focused on worries. I'm focused on what I'm angry about. I'm, you know, whatever, I'm losing my joy in my thought life. And then just being able to pay attention to that and catch that. So it's calming, appreciating storytelling and attack, attacking
0: toxic. I love it. And you go into a lot of detail on all four of those topics. I like that you said appreciation is about giving yourself permission to enjoy the little things in life amidst the junk. And that's really what this whole podcast is talking about often. So <laughs> that was ah, a great I love way.
1: I what you're doing. Yeah. I, oh. I just love what you're doing. I think you're, you're just, you're Doing amazing things to grow joy and be able to have satisfaction. So yeah. Oh, well,
0: thank you. I I really hope so. And if I am, it's only because I myself am battling. It's a nonstop battle for me to keep yeah. focusing on the joy. So I hope I hope so. Yeah. Um. And and your co-author gave a really, I thought a great description. I have never had a panic attack, but he gave a really great description of how he worked through. Yeah. A long, over a year of horrible panic attacks daily, and and then he describes how these four habits that you just went through are really what brought him back to like a normal life, a joy filled life.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I can remember many times he would call or reach out and say, "Hey, you know, I'm really having a hard time. Like, what can I do?" And would just walk him through, you know, some mm-hmm. of these practices that are in the book, and just really yeah. help him be able to quiet, calm be able to practice some appreciation and storytelling and, and noticing and attacking those, those toxic thoughts. And it was neat because it going into it, when you struggle with fear and panic attacks, like it's so big, it's so loud. It's so scary. Like trying to do anything else just feels so minor by comparison to just that battle. Mm. And so he went into it. Like, I don't know if I buy the stuff that Chris is selling here. I don't know if this is really going to help, um, but he would do it. He would practice this stuff, and it, he would start to notice. Oh, I haven't. I haven't had the reactions today that I've been having. Like, oh, I made it through this day with fewer, you know, fear moments. And like, he would just start to see over time how you know joy was starting to grow in this garden, and the fear, the volume on the fear was was getting turned down a little bit at a time. Yeah. and it and it deeply impacted him so he became a big fan of of a lot of the material we write about because he lived it and he yeah. practiced it and but in the beginning it was like why am i doing this like this yeah. just feels so strange i don't think it's going to help but as he would do it 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 actually would help
0: and that's a great point because i was joking earlier about it. it's not even hard but i mean some in some ways that's what makes it hard that you're like ah that's not going to help yeah, so you totally you don't yeah. even try oh yeah totally so could you paint a picture for us of what kind of an impact long term this would have on us if we really work at these four steps that you walk through in the book?
1: Yes. You know, I I when I when I think about that question, I think about my wife and Jen. When I first met my wife, she struggled with anxiety and depression. And it was a good day if she got out of bed. Mm-hmm. That was a good day. And she we were friends. She was actually part of a community that Pratt was practicing these. I was practicing these skills just to you know, to see if they would work with Jim Wilder, my mentor, um, you know, kind of overseeing and, and so watching Jen practice these skills and the calming one was a big one for her. She was a college student, straight A student, high functioning, like her idea of resting was what was grading calculus papers while watching a movie. That was her <laughs> idea of resting. so she collapsed you know wore herself out to just collapse and then get up and do it all over again and she started to learn some of these skills and practice these habits and these exercises and it was really profound to watch the transformation in her like if you met her today you would never know Hmm. you know as 11 year old she was hospitalized for suicidal depression you would never
0: know She's
1: wow. got our boys these skills, she's downloaded these skills, because she started practicing these skills, thanks to brain plasticity and how God made the brain to work. Um, it changed her life. And so yeah. the nice thing about this is we all can use some practice, we all can use a little more joy in our cups, and we all would benefit from this no matter where we are in life. Uh, we all benefit from this because this is, this really is the fuel for your brain and your, your nervous system. And a yeah. little bit goes a long way. And that is kind yes. of what I try to I
0: think. Pre- I think it was, you mentioned Dr. Wilder. I think it was his, um, description in the book that if you can be appreciative for five consecutive minutes and that caught my attention, okay, yeah. it really has to be five consecutive yeah. minutes, Michelle, yeah. two to three times a day for one month yes. that it can literally change the chemistry of your brain.
1: Yeah, it it basically resets your nervous system to run on joy and peace. So if I do have a lot of fear, anxiety, whatever it might be like that practice a little bit, you know, two to three times a day, five minutes, just trying to look at pictures on your phone or whatever it is, photo albums, whatever you can do to try to, you know, remember, feel and share the good stuff. It, yeah, it, it basically recalibrates your nervous system. It's like setting the temperature in a room at just the right temperature that that's comfortable for you. That's ideal. That's what it does for your nervous system. And mm-hmm. that just spills into and leaks into all areas of life, work, play, family, whatever you do. Everything's going to be better when joy and peace is a, is a major part of it.
0: And it keeps your cortisol levels down too.
1: And it keeps that cortisol <laughs> down. That's right. We, we, we want to do that. We don't want well, Chris,
0: this is great. I could actually go on and on because there's so much more in the book that we didn't even touch on. So I want to encourage people to check out the book, the four habits of joy filled people. Really? I highly recommend it. And you've created a free resource too. How can people. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Marcus and I put together 28 Days to Joy. These are 28 day, like five minute exercises, 28 days that people can oh, do. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's really simple. And yet people that are doing it are like, yeah, that was really helpful. So 28 days, uh, the website is just number four, four So just number four habits.org and Great. yeah, get the 28 Days to Joy and yeah, we'll practice. Perfect. We'll help.
0: Okay. So Chris, people, where can they find you, find out more information? Where can they go?
1: Yeah. So my wife and I run a ministry called Thrive Today, and we have a whole website with lots of great videos and resources. It's Thrive Today, all all together. Thrivetoday.org is is where people could learn more about what are these relational skills. And then Four Habits, just at number Four habits.org, you can find the free free, uh, joy resource.
0: Awesome. So the number four, fourhabits.org for the free resource. I am definitely going to go check that out like right now and thrive today.org for all that you and your wife are doing. Very good stuff. I love it. Well, everybody go out and get yourself a copy and start lowering those cortisol levels, start remembering and feeling and sharing the joy. Yes. <laughs> thank, yes. thank you so much, Chris. Corzy, thank you for taking the time to be with us and thank you for writing this book.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for what you're doing. Just love what you're doing. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, guys. I hope that that inspired you, how amazing the brain is and how we can do such simple things to really improve the quality of joy in our lives and those that we love. Thanks for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast or this season or this very episode. Um, if you loved hanging out with us, I mean, wasn't Chris great, please. It would mean so much if you take a quick second and leave a five-star review. It's the number one way that you can help us encourage more people. And that's the reason that I'm here. If you're not sure how to leave a review, it's simple. Just go over to solelyrested.com slash podcast. And I have outlined the very specific details there for you. So it's super easy and I will be watching for you review. Thank you so much. And remember, guys, it's easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple, everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it will give you more joy. And it's a good life.